Well, it's a hard life picking stones and pulling teats, but sure as God's got sandals, it beats fighting dudes with treasure trails. Rotad. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan, and uh, this is the uh, the final day. It's a Monday. Uh, we had Porch Fest over the weekend. Uh, my good friend, Johnny Havard, he came up from Mobile, Alabama. What's good, dude? Man. Porch Fest 2021. Yeah, had so much fun. I'm so glad you invited me out. And uh, was on the bill. Yeah, was on the bill. And you know, you you uh, you hit me up and you're like, "Hey man, I'm doing Porch Fest at the house. If you're not doing anything that weekend. I'd love for you to come up and do stand up." And I was like, "All right, cool, I'm in." And you were like, "All right, I'm got you on the poster." I'm like, "Okay, all right." <laughs> so, it is uh, it's set in stone now. Set in stone. So which is yeah, good. man. The uh, Mm-hmm. So it's the second time, like, I, this, this is like a show enough festival. Like, the first time it was just uh, Stiff Tones, Tim Higgins, and myself. Right. And uh, not as much planning went in. This was like a whole month of chaos, and, like, today mm-hmm. is, like, the biggest breath of fresh air for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, mean, it, it, I mean, still, the turnout that, we, that you did have, the amount of talent that did show up and performed regardless of you know you know you got these guys that just want to play mm-hmm. they haven't played shows in a while they're extremely talented and like you said like in within the area of one percenters from you know they're they're like in the, the meaning that they're just like these hidden gems that just haven't flourished yet you know as far as a lot of people saying but i mean i, I mean they're coming from columbus starkville Memphis, Tupelo, Tupelo, Philadelphia. I mean, I drove from Mobile, but I mean, you know, I was mostly coming up here just to hang out with you because every time you come to Mobile, you just slum it with me. Mm -hmm. So it was great. I needed to take some time off from the hospital and, you know, come up and I wanted to just hang out with you and just have a good time, which I did. And I got to do stand up too. So went over well. Yeah, I think so. I feel better about, you know, my material and having that confidence that I need to get on stage and everything. Cause I haven't done it. This is the first time I've done stand up in over a year. I mean, so. for a lot of people, like, uh, you take some of the singer songwriters or even the band, mm-hmm. uh, that was can rabbit. That was the first time they ever played a show. Really? Uh, can rabbit is Ryan Munson, but like, yeah. uh, everyone else in the band, uh, that just kind of just happened. Oh, okay. And so that was unique. And, yeah. Uh, well, he got up and did his little his solo stuff, you know, and then uh, the rest of the band got out. But I mean, the way they played, I would have thought they'd been playing shows for a while. Oh yeah. Because they were just such a tight, you know. So tight like band. Uh, the rest of Can Rabbit. So you had Lance Cooper, uh, John Wright, and Justin Kleber. Of mm-hmm. uh, they were uh, the right moves. That was Columbus, Mississippi's band, mm. uh, and they had been doing the right moves for a while. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I thought Columbus, Mississippi, and this was going on while I was in Mobile, but when I thought of Columbus, those were the guys I thought of when, right. it, when it came to representing Columbus, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And it, you kind of see they're they're real tight. They know what they're doing. Right, right. And they've been doing it together um, for a long time. And then uh, Daniel Sharp, he and I, we played at uh, Neshoba County Fair. Mm-hmm. It's down in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, that was the first time I actually missed his set, um, but uh, that I believe that was the last time that he had played, and that was back during the summer. And yeah. for Mitch Presley or uh, Moon Pie, I don't, I'm not sure. 
you know, mm-hmm. this might have been the first well, time. That was another thing. Um, I, I know you, I heard you talk about him before. I mean, even before you told me about the event and who was all planned, but um, the, when you mentioned uh, Daniel Sloss and um, and Moonpie, you know, and you you know you were telling me some of the best songwriters that you have heard, and um, me actually getting to sit there and listen to them, you know, and I was like, yeah, they, these guys, you know, and plus they know each other and they've been writing music and playing music together for a long time we're in this group chat Uh, now yeah yeah the singer songwriter group that we call daniel calls us the desperados (laughs) (laughs) but i uh him and him and moon pie met in oxford years ago yeah i believe moon pie at that time i think he was bussing he was just playing at tables playing out on the street oh oh, uh, street bus oh okay so uh and mitch presley uh god that was good yeah, it was. And I mean, it's extremely talented and uh well very very uh very what do you call it? Very humble seems though. But I mean like his the amount of talent that that guy has is phenomenal. Yeah, not to mention that last name and him not even carrying it as yeah. a banner. But well, could you could you imagine? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I mean, uh, I mean, in you know, the theory that I have on that too is like he wants to he wants to be recognized for his music, not for, uh, you know, the 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 the, the legacy that his family holds. You know, because he wants to get, he wants to get noticed by his music, not just because of who he is and where he, you know, where his family lanes. You know, mm-hmm. so um, and that's what I take from that. And I mean, he seems like very extremely humble, and I mean, a damn good musician too. Um, I was listening to him, and then when I walked outside, um, and I heard him playing uh, the girl from North Country. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and for any of you that don't know, um, it's a song. Uh, uh, made popular by Bob Dylan, and then later on, Dylan and Johnny Cash they recorded a version of it together, um, and that that's how I found out about it because I'm a huge fan of both of them. And I learned, and you know, and I was telling him, and I told you, I learned how to play that song not too long ago. It's, yeah. That's one of my favorite Bob Dylan Johnny Cash collab songs, and uh, and I heard him playing that, and I was like, okay, all right, let's go. Put a and little then, respect on that name. Yeah, and I mean, but it's. But his original stuff, and just after that, you know, it's I've, you know, you know, I was able to witness all of it. I mean, the guy's great, man. He's got a bright future ahead of him, I think. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, my favorite record label out of Alabama, Cornelius Chapel, was represented by Sarah Lee Langford. She opened everything up. Yes, she was fantastic. I'm glad I got the pleasure of listening to her and and at, talking to her before she got on stage too. We, I saw that she had a Martin, and then we. Oh, yeah. I, have my, I had my Martin with me, and she asked me. She said, uh, "Oh, are you going to play today?" And I said, "No, I'm a, I'm a comedian." And she goes, "Oh, that's interesting." <laughs> <laughs> and so, but we had a great conversation. Super sweet and an extremely talented um, songwriter. Yeah, and then uh, my boy out of Groove Johnson, Philip Shavel, shut mm-hmm. down the evening. Man, I when you told me he's uh, he's probably the best guitar player, you know, around. And, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't know him from Adam, you know, mm-hmm. and we hit it off. We, you introduced us cause he was the first one to get here. You know, he was sound guy and everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we talking and I was like, all right, man, this guy's pretty cool. And then, um, you know, he did the whole, you know, helping with doing the sound and setting everything up. And then he was just hanging out and we were, you know, shooting the shit and he's a really cool guy. And then, uh. And then when he finally started playing, I didn't expect it. What you know, I didn't expect 
you know, he tambourine foot. And, um, you know, he had this, the pedal set up on a loop, and he was sliding, and, yeah, I mean, he got after it, dude. I mean, he, he acted like he, you know, playing in front of thousands of people. He And, and he even broke a string in between in the middle of a song. Broke a string, just kept on didn't going. Break he stride. Didn't, and then when he bro- finished the song, he ripped that thing off, and like a NASCAR pit crew member, he put a brand <laughs> new one on there in no time. And I was like, this dude, you know, and he acted like it wasn't nothing, but extremely talented guy everybody everybody that was here did not disappoint me at all and then uh sunday it was their only uh act uh, it was night surf night surf uh that's my favorite punk band in the area man they <laughs> those guys that that was that was great i i really look forward to seeing i really i want to see more of everybody but those guys too that was a good finisher because they they did they, they made the holler back there literally holler yeah i mean they were they got after it for a three-man punk band man they killed it yeah there's a they're out of startville and so they've been on the show the only people i haven't had on the show that was on the set was uh midge and moon pie everyone else has been on the show and so that's that's something i'll have to track them back down to get but uh yeah definitely moon pie too um he uh when daniel said that you know, you won't meet somebody that can turn a turn a phrase like he can, as far as you know lyrics. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he did extreme. He's you know brilliant, brilliant. The way he just put it, lyrics and verses together, just the, the way he writes them out and then he performs it is just fantastic. And uh, what really got me too is his harmonica playing too, because uh, that's another thing that I haven't seen a whole lot of. Is um, you know I, I got hooked on it. You know, like I said, being a Bob Dylan fan, and I play harmonica too while playing guitar. And uh, I mean, he just killed it. Yeah, you know what this whole weekend made me want to do is like just disappear for about a month or two <laughs> with my guitar and harmonica and just yeah, yeah. Come back transformed. It really did. It really did motivate me to uh, <laughs> to uh, to uh, go back and get into it because I, I've been slacking on it on myself. I've been too focused on writing, writing my comedy, and and doing that. And having you and Big John do comedy, and that was one thing that uh, we, we had a food truck come out, and so uh, just within this podcast is I'm all about the arts, mm-hmm. and I'm all about small business, mm-hmm. and. We had an artist paint what was going on on the stage. And, yes. Uh, when he ran out of canvas, I was like, no sweat, bub. <laughs> Gave him some of them Natty Light boxes. Paint on this. I think he sold everything. I, I think he did. I think he did. But, yeah, when I, I remember I was standing out there, and I was like, I, I was like watching. The, and it was awesome, too, for me because, you know, I'm a, I draw and I do art, too, you know, occasionally. And uh, I like watching people mm-hmm. draw, you know. Or paint or whatever. Yeah, I wanted him to get up on stage with the artists and like yeah, so well, people he, could see both going yeah. on at once. But he was he had to get, yeah. I mean, he got the, from where what he was painting like to get the you know his I guess his mind's eye or his vision for what mm-hmm. he was about to, to put on the canvas. Um, I mean, he he was standing out there within the crowd. But it was what I was going to say was it was great because I got to stand behind him. It was big enough. We were in the backyard. It was big enough to where I could stand behind him, watch him paint, and watch the band and listen to him at the same time. Yeah. So it was just and watching him just look and just do his thing and just back and forth. But then, uh, but when he ran out of the canvases and I see you walking out, 
and you got natty boxes. <laughs> I was like, what is Alan doing? And then he looked at me and he said, I got to give him a canvas. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then he did. He said, man, he painted the mess out of them. And he did. And it looks awesome. Yeah. It did. It did. You know, I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I think uh, just I was thankful for the turnout. Um, Definitely. I, uh, when the food truck got here. Who was awesome, by the way. And everybody supported. Absolutely. Uh, everybody got one bite to eat. He did. It, it and was it was good. good. It was good food. He was a really cool guy. Got to talk to him. Mm-hmm. He was really nice. You know, and... um you know, passionate about what he does, and uh, you know he—that's uh, uh, Bully's Lounge. Uh, he he likes doing these kind of events. Any listener out there in the area would like to have a food truck at your event. Yeah, where um, where is he uh, locally? Caledonia. Caledonia. Yes, okay. which is outside of uh, Columbus. Okay. And uh, that was the main reason I snagged him up. Mm-hmm. So I work in Starkville, and I eat food trucks twice a week. Mm-hmm. And I asked the two in Startville if they could, and they were already booked up for the weekend. Then right. I went over to, uh, he was here. You, you remember meeting Blake Dillard? Yeah, yeah. He, he stayed in the house for the most part. Uh, and that was another thing that was just, there was so much nostalgia because, you know, I was, especially when the event was wide open, as I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off, oh, and yeah. just making sure everybody was accommodated. And, yeah. And then I walk into the house and I just, see just all these old faces from back in high school and it was the way it yeah. used to be right and i was like my god i just stepped in a time capsule back yeah. in 2009 yeah that's that, or then that's you know you told me and then i got to you know you introduced me to all of them because that's all like you said that's your everybody you um you know partied with and hung out with back in high school and all and um and, you know and they embraced me and i got to hang out with them and everything it was really cool Good group of folks. Yeah, it it was very. It hit me back to you know back and same thing with me when I, when I was growing up. The you know select group that I had that we'd hang out and get get into stuff with. So mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, yeah, you were you were you had a lot on your plate coordinating coordinating everything, and not only that, you know, you're doing it at your house too. So <laughs> you know, you know, trying to organize an event, and then you know you got all that going on, man. But you killed it, dude. Like I said, I'm super proud of you for what you've done and what you put together i want to do it again oh de- dude keep doing it <laughs> like i told you do it do it every time the every time the, the weather changes do it <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm totally down for that well, speaking of the weather too i mean but when it starts getting cold like really cold you know you know it's gonna be hard i mean it got cold saturday night it did it dropped down and i think moon pie was a little upset when we moved him in at first but then he just embraced it yeah he did yeah he's, he's you know and i don't blame him it's like he went from yeah. you know plugged in singing out of a mic yeah had a then, little space heater yeah on and, and then i looked out in the yard and everybody just looked cold and my thought was i can accommodate everyone inside yeah, buddy they were bundled up too it did it dropped down to hell it had to have been in the 50s probably less yeah it got cold but yeah. i mean like yeah like you said he got in and he started playing and he realized the people who were there were paying attention to him now we weren't just chilling in the house we were going to pay attention we wanted to listen to mm-hmm. see what he had to offer and then uh, him and philip and uh you know which i don't think philip needed the warmth anyway as much as that dude was moving around and getting after it because by the end of his set he was sweating mm-hmm. but i mean uh but still like you said mostly for the audience too everybody was hanging out there and then we had a pot of coffee going on and got everybody warmed up that was the smartest thing i did all night <laughs> 
I just looked out in the yard and everybody was like shivering and bundling up. And I was like, I'm just going to start making coffee. Yeah, get coffee <laughs> made and say, hey, everybody, look, y'all come on inside. Y'all mm-hmm. want to be shiver, shiver I got some warm coffee coming and warm up. Come on. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, it would be, uh, I, th- I just thought about this. If uh, you had like a, a burn pit or something. Uh, I, like I wanted to do a couch burning. Oh, yeah. And so uh, Monson, Ken Rabbit, yeah, yeah. he had just gotten back from, I think, up in like West Virginia. Oh, okay. And there is this festival, it's called Couch Fest. And what <laughs> this guy does all year within his community is like, uh, they just, when they get a new couch, they give him the old couch. Mm-hmm. And so he'll throw a music festival together and there'll be a bonfire of nothing but couches. <laughs> I was Roll like, <laughs> I mean, we used to do couch burnings here, and I was like, well, that, yeah, that's, you told me that, that before, and, that then I, and then I got to meet your brother finally, and mm-hmm. then uh, I remember him, y'all were talking about that, reminiscing about couch burning, and then Sid mentioned it, mm-hmm. so I was like, man, you boys went hard. <laughs> <laughs> we did, was, that's another thing about, I guess, that nostalgia is like, we're all still alive. Yeah, yeah. And because, uh, man, I was, I may have been the roughest one of yeah. the group. Yeah. As far as hard to control and well, fire, fiery redheaded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. it. Well, dude, uh, just it's been a year since you had done comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've mm-hmm. set went over well. It did. I, I've um, and going back to like we were talking about it and to give everybody a perspective. Uh, after it got cold and you, we moved everybody in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Uh, Moon Pie did his thing, and then Philip did his thing, and then that's when we opened up with doing stand-up. So I wasn't expecting doing stand-up without a microphone in somebody's kitchen, but, I, dude, I just embraced it. I had a great time. You know, it, it was real relaxed environment, even though I didn't know most of the people there, but I was there long enough to kind of meet everybody and, you know, um, get a... But they didn't know my what my comedy was. Yeah, and I remember we were having a conversation like a mm-hmm. little bit, maybe a week before you came up, and he was like, you know, this is some of the stuff I'm going to do. Is that going to yeah. piss people off? Absolutely. Yeah. Do I need to hold back? Nope. No. No, because because uh, like a coworker told me, he said, uh, he told me, he said, if you're questioning what you're doing, um, just do it, and. You know, part of me was like, "Well, you know, if you think it's a bad idea, just don't do it." But you gotta, you gotta get, you gotta stir away from that because mm-hmm. um, the point that I try to make too, and a lot of comics try to do, and you shouldn't really, comics shouldn't have to explain themselves. Nobody should really have to explain themselves, or for, have to play it safe, or play. You know, they they or any artist, you know, just don't you you, you don't have to. You know, think just think about it or try to explain yourself. I mean, you just do it. Just do your comedy. Do your art. And if, uh, and especially with comedy, if people, you know, understand it's jokes. And um, and that's a thin line as uh, jokes, telling a joke and just straight up being a douchebag. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a line that you got to do. But, I mean, and everything that I point across, I'm not doing it. I, I, I'll make fun of myself first before I do anybody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of my material is talking about the possible inbreeding in my family and that's probably why i have three nipples but you know um but just you know go out there and just you gotta you know nothing's off the table things can be talked about and you can make jokes about it but that doesn't make you a bad person right and just everything going on with the arts and the one art that i you know i really do not want to come under fire because 
I, I believe comedy it needs the most freedom over mm-hmm. over music or uh, whether it's just visual art mm-hmm. or even spoken word with poetry is it goes back to the court gesture mm-hmm. of back when there was an issue with the king and like the court gesture would come in and like he would make light of what was going on and then like he would be the only person that communicate that to the king without getting his head chopped off right and so we need to be able to talk about these cultural things mm-hmm. and even if you're just yeah i believe it should start internally with yourself and then maybe work its way out to a more uh, what's going on within the culture today but yeah. um if it stirs up an emotion in you to where mm-hmm. maybe you get your feathers a little ruffled, I think as an audience member, that should lead uh, to... Uh, self-reflection. Self-reflection and personal evaluation. Kind of go back and be, all right, so why am I upset about this? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to deal with myself all the time um, and, and go back and, you know, like if I get upset about something somebody did or, you know, especially, you know where I came from or, you know, me, you know, why do people act the way that they do, you know, and I have to reflect on, you know, all right, well, why am I upset about this and evaluate that and be like, okay, well, they, A, B, C, D, mm-hmm. you know, and then just, and then I go back and I'm like, why am I so worried about what somebody else is doing? You know, I need, you know, focus on me, focus, focus on what I'm doing and, but when you're writing comedy, you know, uh, me personally, and this is why we have so many different uh, genres, you know, there's a lot of different comics that that focus on particular subjects or have a particular style that they, um, you know, some like Tom Segura just mostly he's had a special called Mostly Stories because that's what he's known for is just his uh, his his uh, style is just mostly him telling stories, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to um, uh, Bill Hicks who talked about you know. Um, how we're all one and how, uh, you know, uh, you know, and he does touch on politics, but just like how us as a human, he calls human, human society. He called it, uh, he called us a uh, virus with shoes. (laughs) That's what he called human, the human race. And, um, so it just depends. It just depends on what kind of comedy that you want to, you know, what kind of style that you want to do, but it's still, but comics do they when they you do to talk about subjects like that the the thing especially the things that people don't want to talk about, mm-hmm. you know it does stir up conversation, and it does make people think. It's not particularly to make them think for the audience to think the same way that you do. So, but just to kind of get the get the audience familiar about where you're coming from, mm-hmm. whether they agree with it or not, but just kind of understand more about you. But understand also, you know, they're just they're making light of it. It's not anything to hurt or hate towards anybody. So, but um, yeah, but I I love it. I absolutely absolutely do love it. Um, uh, like I said, it was it's been over a year since I performed, and uh, after my last gig, I kind of was thinking about washing my hands of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I can't help it. I, I that's all I think about. It. I love doing it. So, um, and, and it really did. I felt this out of all, this is the third time I've done it. So I don't mean to sit here and talk like I'm a veteran comedian or anything. I'm not, I'm far from it, but this was the, the most fun I had doing it. I felt more relaxed. I was extremely confident in everything. And, uh, and I mean, it was the environment, it was the setting, but it was just, I, I made myself relaxed. 
So, and then all the encouragement, of course, that you and everybody else have given me. Right on. And I mean, just with uh, just with doing this is uh, Porch Talk covered a music festival uh, not too long ago. I think we've we've covered several in the past, and I've, I'm not knocking or anything, but uh, in Cobb wanted me to call it Super Spreader Twenty One. Uh, he's he's still making. COVID. That sounds like an adult film. Yeah, he's still making COVID jokes, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, but I mean, there's something to it. One of the last festivals that I covered, it was it was an inside venue, and uh, masks were not uh, required, but they were encouraged. And I just remember like looking around at people. And I was like, this is not the vibe. This is not the energy mm-hmm. for a music festival. It's like this This is something to be excited about, to be glad that you're here, to be having this shared experience. And I was like, if we can capture that mm-hmm. perfectly in my backyard or in my kitchen, oh, yeah. let's do it. And I think we nailed it. Yeah, well, uh, hell yes. Uh, Absolutely. And I don't think there was any anxiety on anyone. I didn't mm-hmm. like... Everybody was shaking hands, hugging, and yeah, it was just a big communion. Yeah, I mean, there was people that that did not like some of my jokes. Yeah, you know, and they they laughed at my other ones though. So you know, and but that's the thing. Some people they have their things, you know, that they don't like, won't made fun of, which is completely understandable. I get that. And uh, but the the best part about it is even I talked to somebody who did not like one of my jokes, and mm. we talked about it. But we had a civil conversation about it. You know, it wasn't, you know, you don't need to talk about that. It wasn't that. It was just, yeah, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. But, I mean, he said, dude, regardless of what I think, you got on stage and you did your thing and you was extremely confident and everything was funny. Everything else that I didn't like was funny. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, and, and that's, you don't see a lot of that, too. But I think it's because we were in that setting, like you said, of it's not only that you're, you coordinated a, a show, but it's like, friends like everybody here is we're, we're fellowshipping yeah. you know everybody here was supporting each other mm-hmm. so no anxiety no animosity no jealousy just people artists getting together and fans of the art getting together and having a great time and, and that was like you know the month of planning and going into this is you know people ask me is so uh porsche fest what's it all about and i was like it's all about the arts yeah we're gonna have a small truck uh vendor out the food mm-hmm. and the three things that i'm gonna promise you is that you're gonna have a great time you're gonna be safe mm-hmm. and uh it's gonna be memorable yeah absolutely and i think i nailed all three yeah you did and i mean <laughs> hey and i mean just and that just means the next time you do it just gotta keep getting better and better yeah i hope so i want to keep pushing and like uh there were a lot of people who came to the first event that i did and they came back mm-hmm. so they already knew what to expect they knew what was up right so and this, this was dope. Yeah, it was. Let's. Uh, Johnny's been on the show uh, in the past, and we uh, talk about the world of uh, comics. Uh, there is a lot going on in the world of comics right now. Marvel is pushing out the new. Uh, uh, they got the Eternals. Uh, they also yep. are uh, opening up tomorrow. They're op- uh, the multiverse is opening wide open in the movie. I think Loki, the TV show, was the one that really. Oh, here it comes! Uh, I, from what I've gathered, um, yeah, he's, he's uh, you know going through uh, time periods of time. 
So I'm, I'm by I'm you know and I've said before I'm behind on Marvel stuff yeah. as far as the movies and the cinematic universe is coming out. Um, but but yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on that and a lot of it I'm like I said I'm behind on. But um, but they're kicking out Marvel's kicking out their Phase Four. So and I think the Eternals is what's kicking it kicking yeah. it all off. And then of course the uh, the new Spider Man movie coming out, which is. You know, that's going to be a big thing. A lot of folks are excited about Octoc coming back on the screen. Yeah, and again, that's going through with the whole, um, you know, opening uh, for him. I think that'd be part of like the Spider-Verse, as they call it, and like all these different realities of different Spider-Men. So, in the, but, you know, in this, the way they're doing it now with this is like the cinematic one. So, mm-hmm. you know, the cinematic movie. So the Tobey Maguire coming back and the... Uh, Andrew Garfield coming back and their <laughs> villains coming back and I'm I tell you the truth I'm excited about Doc Ock too because Spider Man two the Sam Ra- Sam Raimi Spider Man two uh, I think that's a fan favorite of considered one of the best comic book movies which I agree with that and I'm not a huge Spider Man fan at all but I grew up with those movies mm-hmm. um, but seeing seeing Doc Ock come back but my big thing that I'm super excited about because he's one of my favorite actors is William Defoe coming back as Green Goblin. So, because uh, that man just killed it in the first movie, in my opinion. I mm-hmm. think he did a fantastic job how he did that. And um, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Uh, but uh, with me, personally, you know me. You know I'm a DC guy. Right. So, when DC Fandom announced, which is, they haven't been doing Comic-Con, but it's this now web show or live web show that they do. It's basically, you know, like Comic-Con, they show the trailers and they have people talk about the films and the projects that are coming out and everything, not only with the films, but within the comics and the new stories that are coming out. Um, when that kicked off and we got to see the new trailer for Matt Reeves, The Batman, um, blew my mind away. Yeah. and uh, Really, really did... Our new Batman is more than a glittering vampire. Yes. He gets, I've said it before, every every actor that has ever played Batman, there's been some uh, stigma attached to him. Even even all the way back to Michael Keaton. You know, when, and that was before the internet, when they people found out that he was going to be Batman, people were throwing a fit. And they were like, Mr. Mom, and... And you know, and he wound up doing a great job. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but the thing about Pattinson, though, man, um, I'm guilty of it too. And then uh, later, when I started seeing his other work, that's what, and that's what I tell people all yeah. the time is like, dude, his other films and works is phenomenal. It's more than it's more than that mm-hmm. one uh, Goblet of Fire with uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, and it's more than the Twilight series. Yeah. He's done a lot of great work. Oh, um, there's yeah, he's done fantastic. And I mean, the, the, he's a you know. Uh, professional uh, as far as uh, actors go and with in the trailer is like one thing i mean batman is he's my favorite uh superhero mm-hmm. and one thing that we've never really seen on film well done especially with like the latest ones if you want to talk about christian bale uh batman is like uh what's he what is batman he's the great detective yeah and yeah. so this is like opening up and like the riddler and like actually seeing detective work, right, and not relying so much on Lucius Fox and mm-hmm. like they um and I've said it before too. I uh, you know uh, the thing about Batman and this is my biggest gripe with the the uh, the Christopher Nolan films. Um, I just felt like 
you know, it, Batman when his, when he his very first appearance in the comics was Detective Comics, which is now you know the, later the company turned into DC, mm-hmm. but that was the title and it's still an ongoing title. It was Detective Comics number twenty seven, released in nineteen thirty nine. That's when he came out, and um, and at the time then it was crime noir trying to solve cases and all but that's the thing about batman his his nickname is the world's greatest detective raz al ghul calls him detective or rachel ghul however you want to pronounce it calls him he doesn't call him bruce he doesn't call him batman he says detective and that was my big my other biggest gripe about the nolan moses you know uh, but the, the way they set those up with raz al ghul and that was you know, he was trained him and everything. And they really did take the fantasy out of Batman. In those movies, yeah. I mean, Ra's al Ghul was an immortal, and, you know, Bane was just this huge guy with a breathing problem. And, um, but, um, but yeah, but, uh, but the, from what we, and he, now that being said, he did, did some little bit of detective work, but he took the bullet out of the wall, and then he studied it for some reason what caliber or whatever i don't know why and then gave it to lucius fox and then oh there's the thumbprint Mm. i'm like okay uh but in the michael keaton movies the first one with the joker jack nicholson's joker he discovered he figured out the formula of the joker toxin the combination of 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 uh cosmetics uh like the hairspray and the deodorant and everything that was causing people to get the joker poisoning and dying um, they don't see him actually, you don't see him actually working on it, but he, he figured it out and he tells Vicki Vale, he says, give this to the police. Mm-hmm. She's like, you figured it out? He said, I figured it out. And now that being said, in the comic book version of the movie, because they did release a comic of it, it shows, shows Bruce figuring it out. So, and that's what I'm really hoping for with the Pattinson movie. We could see more of that. Cause Matt Reeves did say it's going to be a detective noir. He's been on um, Batman for about two years. Um, so he's still, you know, figuring everything out and who better than to test his detective ability or get him into thinking, you know, understanding I need to solve crimes this way is, is the Riddler, mm-hmm. the, the, the villain that, um, that fights Batman with intellect instead of brawn. Mm-hmm. So and um, and then so, and he also did, Matt Reeves did say it's going to become like a combination of Batman year one. And Batman: The Long Halloween, which is a fantastic graphic novel, which is very noir, and I'm picking up major vibes from that. So, um, yeah, really look. And then, of course, the, the what still blows my mind away is Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Yeah, the makeup that they did on that is just like holy crap! Like he doesn't even. And I think this is going to be a way for him, Colin Farrell, to really. Um, to, to show his acting chops, really. He hasn't... I don't think he's really... Uh, he's had a, a a shot, I guess you'd say, um, as far as really getting to let loose. So um, it, uh, I'm, I'm super excited for it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, even with, like, DC, you know, you had uh, Birds of Prey, Suicide Squad, uh, mm-hmm. Batman v Superman. We got the Snyder Cut now, which is totally... Of Justice League, yeah. It's totally worth... The four hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, I haven't given up on DC. They got off to uh, a little bit of a rough start. Well, again, um, with the DC fandom, the big thing for me, obviously, was the the Batman trailer. 
But speaking of Michael Keaton Batman, the new Flash movie that's coming out, um, they already announced it. Uh, Michael Keaton's coming back as Batman because Barry uh, is going to. Uh, it's going to be roughly the movie's going to be roughly based off of Flashpoint Paradox, uh-huh. which was the comic um, that kicked off the end of it. Kicked off the New Fifty Two universe back in two thousand eleven, two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve, and um, um, uh, so Barry's going to be going through the multiverse, or he goes back in time, or something to that effect. And they released a sneak of a clip of the trailer or scenes, and. Uh, you know Michael B- Michael Keaton's narrating a little bit, and then we get to see hints at him and everything, and it was uh, it was great. I'm I'm excited to see where that's going to go. Um, and I think I think this is going to be a way for them to kind of reset the uh, DC universe in a way. So because they've already hinted at the fact in the Flash TV show on the CW about you know burying the multiverse and the Speed Force and everything. And then they did the Crisis on Infinite Earths, um, which is a big uh, story that happens in DC, which is always DC's way of uh, rebooting everything mm-hmm. in a way. And they did it in the TV show. And even in, in the TV show, uh, the movie Flash, Ezra Miller's Flash, meets Grant Gustin's TV Flash. They show up, and he's like, you're me? He's like, yeah, I'm you. And he's like, whoa, this is weird. Mm-hmm. So they're hinting at that to where they're... They're using the multiverse as a way to connect everybody, as opposed to Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Everything that's kicked off since Iron Man one in two thousand eight is all part of the same cinematic universe. So the um, the TV shows, Agents of Shield, uh, the Netflix shows, the movies are all connected within the same universe. Yeah, and just DC with... didn't start off like that. Yeah, yeah. And just with just going back to Marvel for a second, and like you had the cure for it, which is. Uh... And I've been critical of these uh, superhero films. I've been critical of some of the TV shows coming out that, uh, you know, if it's more fantasy or whatever else, is like, well, that just really wasn't worth my time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I don't like complaining about something unless there's a solution. It's, it's one thing to yeah. complain about a problem, but if you don't have an answer to it, mm-hmm. you just hot air, man. Yeah, and so like with Brie Larson's uh, Captain Marvel, and like this was about the time I cut it off. It was toward the beginning of the film. Was the guy made the snide comment comment toward her? Uh, he was on the motorcycle, and in the following scene, you see her on that motorcycle. And I was like, that is not a hero. Mm-hmm. That is not anti-hero. That is villainous and evil. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the behavior of uh, Captain Marvel in that moment was mm-hmm. that was. That was not a good look. Yeah. See, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I never. I. I did. I didn't watch it. Um. But the way everybody was setting up the movie, or what I've gathered from the plot, is like there's basically the plot. It's the plot. The Green Lantern. Yeah. You know, an Air Force pilot meets an alien force, gains powers, becomes part of a patrol, intergalactic patrol across the galaxy. That's Green Lantern. Yeah. So, uh, but I, you know, again, like I said, it's the, the Marvel movies to me, if it's about particular characters, I'll, I'll watch them. Or I, I, when I got Disney Plus, I try to go back and, and watch everything. I started mm-hmm. all the way and uh, watch them in release state, not chronological timeline date. And, uh, you know, and, and I mean, I still enjoy them. I mean, I do. I, I like, I like some of them. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I like Doctor Strange. I, 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 I thought that was great, great film. I thought it was fun. Captain America: Winter Soldier is awesome. Yeah. Um, but uh, and you know me, I've told you the only characters, Marvel characters that I've really paid X-Men. attention to is X Men and Daredevil. And then we were talking about Captain Marvel, and now that um, Disney has bought Fox, they have the cinematic rights back to the X Men characters. So I'm interested to see on how they're going to incorporate that. Which, um, but uh, apparently, uh, within the Wandavision show, there was a Easter egg that did hint at, um, uh, I think it was Excalibur, which is a hint towards um, uh, the X Men, um, because you know, you, you know, um, Quicksilver and uh, Scarlet Witch are Magneto's as kids. Mm-hmm. So and um, but the way they got around that was um, when when they were released, uh, Quicksilver and Wanda. Scarlet Witch, they their first appearance in the comic books was the Avengers, so that's how they got around using them in the film. But they couldn't call them mutants or make any or or they couldn't call them Magneto's as kids uh-huh. because Magneto mutants all that was still under, tied to Fox. Still tied to Fox, so they made them metahumans. Um, so I'm interested in see how they're going to incorporate that. You know, you know, kind of. Uh, you know, um, within the the lore of it now, how are they going to introduce mutants to a, a, an established um, cinematic universe that you know is cohesive to the whole right? So, but I do like we were talking about Captain Marvel though. What I'd like to see, and I think this will settle a lot of people because there's a lot of people that don't like Brie Larson at all as not even an actress, but also as a person. Mm-hmm. I, me personally, I don't know why I've just heard things, but I mean, I don't know her personally and I've barely seen her act. So I don't really have a dog in the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do have a theory, which I think would be, and plus I think it'd be really cool. It'd be a way to open up, um, the, the X-Men into it is all right. Uh, do another Captain Marvel movie. And then, uh, at the end of it, she gets her powers taken away from rogue. Like she did in the comics. There you go. And then I think that'd be, and it could be like a, you know, a post credit scene or something. Yeah. And then just like Rogue takes her powers and then we're introduced to Rogue and Mystique because during that time, uh, I think Rogue was running around with Mystique. And uh, I think that'd be great. I, I, I'm just really curious to see what how they're going to pull that off. Yeah. And who this the cast will be. Um, and I know a lot of people are saying, you can't replace Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I'm like, I, I think you can. He's just—he's the first actor to pull it off, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and my big thing is, that we, I mean, how are you going to replace Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen as Xavier and Magneto? I know we got uh, James McAvoy and uh, Michael Fassbender, and they did great. Mm-hmm. But the younger versions, yeah. And I and and I get that we can use them for further in the future, but but uh, man, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, though, like the way them two played those roles, yeah. And like the whole friendship that they do have, that you know, that, that is established, we see that in those movies. Um, now that later on with the James McAvoy and the Michael Fassbender's movies, um, uh, they they played, they dipped into that a lot with the relationship. But they uh, Magneto and Mystique played the good guys, quote unquote, good guys, way too much in those movies, uh, my opinion, especially uh, Mystique. Because they kind of redid her, they really did redid her character a lot. Because they had Jennifer Lawrence, and Jennifer Lawrence was like, "If I'm playing this character, I'm gonna, you know, it's gonna be a big role. I'm gonna have more depth to the character," which I get that to an extent. But 
um, I would have done a lot of things differently. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. And just like, man, like, you know, your favorite pastime probably is reading comics is mine is I read fantasies. And so mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, Will of Time, which has a TV show coming out. Yeah, we saw the trailer for that. I was like, that looks good. And you're like, that's my third favorite fantasy novel. Mm-hmm. And right now, I mean, I'm rereading the King Killer Chronicles. I've been waiting for the third and final of the trilogy mm-hmm. within that uh, to come out for, oh my God, years now. Yeah. And Did you ever get into Game of Thrones? No. I, I, after I got HBO on Max, and, and then again, like I said, the only reason why I got it because I wanted to watch the Snyder Cut. That's the, only, that's the only reason why I got it, and then I realized how much is on HBO Max. Yeah. HBO Max is awesome. Yeah. I'll be the first one to tell you. I think it's great. Um, I, uh, I I finally sat down and watched it because I, I never yeah. I, I never did because I never had HBO to recently. And plus, I worked at a comic book store, and of course... After every new episode, that's what everybody at the shop talked about. Oh, yeah. And then the same thing with The Walking Dead and everything oh. else. I It all got spooled for me, or that's what everybody talked about. And so I was like, I'm just going to wait till It's over. It's over, and then watch it and binge watch it. And I did. So, But um, but you were talking about when you were telling me that you were getting into fantasy or writing fantasy. Um, and you were talking about how hard it is to... Be original. Be original, because Tolkien... Yeah, kind of locked it down on that. He really did, and like uh, yeah. some of my, some of the other fantasy books that I've read over the, you know, the past ten years is like mm-hmm. rip off, rip off. Yeah, and like with the King Killer Chronicles, that's my favorite. But uh, Patrick Rothfuss of book one, he opened up a lot of loose ends. In book two, all he did was offer even more loose ends. And now I think he's to a point to where he doesn't know how to tie everything in a nice little bow and or maybe it. he's or maybe he's doing that just to to one to continue the series and two to get the reader to be like okay well what about what happened there all right it's been 10 the years book. huh it's been 10 years yeah and he's still kicking out <laughs> still and then like he'll out. hop on his youtube channel and be like it's coming be like you've been saying that for 10 years man. yeah and people are still buying the books aren't they they are yeah so it could be his master plan could be but it's it seems to me that uh I, th- I think someone else is going to pick up the mantle and finish the book. It's it's what it seems like because oh, okay. uh, it it was rumored that he didn't even write the second one that he had already it was ghostwritten by another mm. and I can't remember his that cat's name yet. But, Interesting. Uh, but yeah, was, I'm I'm working through like doing a whole world builder like Tolkien of fresh characters of. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be some sense of magic. It's not going to be like wizards. It's not right. going to be. I'm, I'm trying to stay away from like Harry Potter with wands or even yeah. uh, Gandalf with a staff. Or, yeah. Uh, and just uh, one thing about the King Killer Chronicles, it was a very fresh view of magic. It was like uh, the first book is called The Name of the Wind. And like the way that they use magic in that world is if you knew the name of something, you could wield it. And the name of the wind, like it's one of the most emotional scenes in the in the book at the toward the beginning of it is uh, when he was learning from a master that knew all the names of these different elementals and how to use them. Uh, he told uh, the main character, Cough, he's like, "You never want to call on the name of the wind, or you could displace the oxygen and choke yourself." And that happens. Wow. And he almost dies. Wow. And so, like, and that's to let you know just how crazy these you you have to be a master of yeah spoken word yeah (laughs) and so it was a very interesting take on like magic because that had never been done Mm. and um like you know if you okay you got 
Tolkien did elves and dwarves and dragons and Urukai, Urukai and orcs and you had uh, elephants and these people who would break them and use them for war and then yeah. you had the pirates and uh, you had wizards and mm-hmm. and then he didn't stop he developed languages and maps yeah. and that they history spoke and used in the film yeah and I was like a lot of development. And a lot of development, it was his last work, you know, and he, before that he had The Hobbit, and so, like, his last work was uh, Middle-earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, him and C.S. Lewis became friends. He was actually, um, J.R. Tolkien, he was Catholic, mm-hmm. and uh, he converted uh, C.S. Lewis to uh, Christianity mm-hmm. and to uh, becoming a Christian. And uh, the character um, of uh, the aunt that... Uh that helps Mary and Pippin, Treebeard, uh-huh. is based off of C.S. Lewis. Yeah, and um, and yeah, and then when they were and when they were doing the film, um, they were uh, trying to find the the right voice. The voice was supposedly was supposed to match C.S. Lewis. Oh wow! So they actually used the same actor um, um, uh, that played Gimli, uh, do the voice uh, of uh, Treebeard of Treebeard. Cool. So uh, I learned that, and you know, I got the, the Lord of the Rings extended edition. So mm-hmm. you know, and I got in that, and I got all like the the packs with like six DVDs in it. Oh, I got six, it right down there six, too. Yeah, and I got so <laughs> I watched all that, being the nerd that I am. And then I saw when they were talking about they were doing like the animatronics for, where they were talking about the character of Treebeard, mm-hmm. and they gave the history about the connection between um, Tolkien and um, and uh, C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting. It, it was very contrast because like. C.S. Lewis's work, he, he did a lot of uh, just, I've got a lot of his books that, where he wrote about Christianity. Like, a lot of people are familiar with mere Christianity. Like, mm-hmm. uh, that is a book that you would give to someone who has questions about faith. And mm-hmm. C.S. does a great job of just laying out Christianity merely, like a face value. This is These are the tenets. And he goes in de- uh, greater detail with books like The Problem of Pain, the Great Divorce uh-huh. and stuff like that, but he also had his Chronicles of Narnia. Right. He also, and nobody's really heard of these, but he also had Escape from the Silent Planets, and so like he had uh, two different fantasies. Where Tolkien spent his whole life on Middle Earth, yeah. while Lewis was very broad yeah. with his works, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean the impact that those two had on each other was just. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's one thing that I'm trying to create here within Porch Talk. And like you know, you were telling me that hey, I want to. I'm getting ready to start a Twitch, and I want to do gaming. And I was like, yeah, dude, if I if I had the internet here, I would totally do that. Like that would be something because I want to create culture, mm-hmm. and that's why I want to write. That's why I'm writing a fantasy. That's why I have a podcast. That's why of songwriting of everything that I'm trying to do is like, and I want to be more inclusive and get more people involved and like under the umbrella. And then like under this umbrella is like, okay, here's Johnny and he's Twitch gamer for porch talk or whatever you would like to call it. If you want to come under the umbrella Mm -hmm. and then like once a week, every two weeks, once a month, we get together over a zoom call or over a Twitch and just do a catch up and like bring rain in the universe. Right. Right. And just, as the idea expands and like uh i mean that was porch fest it's like man we had music we had comedy we had art and so it was mm-hmm. like everything that porch talk respects and pushes was right there right 
Yeah, and that was like that, like when I was telling people back home or I was telling coworkers what I was doing, what I got invited to do, and I was putting out and just telling everybody about your show and what you were doing. And uh, they said, so so what is it? Is it, is it? is it like a concert? I said, well, it's kind of a concert, but it's like it's a festival. So it's, it's an arts festival. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be art, uh, the, the arts. So it's going to be songwriting, original music, uh, the, uh, poetry, art. I had a guy out here painting. Mm-hmm. Um, me doing, me and Big John doing stand up. That's an art form. So it was. I told everybody it's an arts festival. That's how I've been expi- explaining it because that's what it is. Right. It's not just we're going to have some bands play and yee yee roll tide. Right. It was wherever it was a way for everybody to experience all these different art forms because mm-hmm. there's probably some people that have never really paid attention to stand up there's you know or, or and there was probably people that never watched somebody paint a uh, paint just go out and was able to paint you know just while they're doing their set was able to do a full canvas painting of and it, it's interesting like you said to be able to stand behind someone and like that's their mind's eye and what they see yeah and they're like you're looking at it too right but it's you might not be seeing the same. I'd thing. love to watch Abe Partridge paint, or even like Robbie Aminette. Yeah, remember when we went to see the Abe and Red Clay Stray shows, and yeah. they had him up on stage yeah. and he was painting. He I was. Mean, I mean, he was getting after it. I had never like Robbie Aminette was uh, Andre, the guy who painted here, was yeah. the first live painter that I ever saw that did live events. And then I I met Robbie, and yeah. then I was like, oh, this is a thing because yeah. it, it happens here, it happens there, it must happen everywhere. Yeah, and I was like, well. I want that to happen in my show. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and those guys seem like they love doing it. They come out, they do it, and mm-hmm. they do they do their work. And then just the improv jazz of my crazy ass is. Uh, oh, you're out of canvas. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Natural Light. <laughs> hey, Natural Light. How about you send us uh, a sponsorship? Yeah. We probably bought. <laughs> God, we don't. took advantage of those fifteen pack natties. Yeah, I would estimate probably eight were bought. Yeah, you probably yeah. I know there's a full one left in the refrigerator. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't even want to smell a beer for about a week. Shoot, I do. What I do after I, I'm about to, you know, I'm, I leave from here. I got that four hour drive back to Mobile. I get out of the car. I know I'm gonna need one. Mm-mm-mm. Well, Johnny, anything else to add or subtract? Keep on keeping on, dude. You too. Man, I loved it. Thanks again for having me and coming out, man. It was great. I I can't wait to do this again. And then you come down to Mobile, you know, I, you know I always got a couch for you. You slum it with me again, man. Yeah, man. Thinking around the holidays, I'll be back down there. Hell yeah. Well, hey, right, homie. We out of here. All right. Thanks, y'all. News and Nodes, thank you so much for listening to Porch Talk. If you haven't done so already, I would ask that you would rate and review the show on whatever podcast app it is that you listen to on. Uh, share it with your friends. Um, talk to a coworker about it. Put it on your social media. Everything we do here is grassroots. It's all word of mouth, and it's all thanks to you. We're going to walk this on out the door now with Night Surf. This is Choose How to Lose.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.